Now, before we get into today's episode, guys, please fill out the survey that is listed in the description of this episode. We have had a ton of responses and we really want to make sure we get everyone's voice heard. So please fill out the survey that's in the description. I swear to you, it only takes about 15 to 20 seconds max. Fill it out and we can give you guys the content that you want and you deserve. What's up, soccer players? Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the development of future soccer players in the U.S. So we brought a special guest for you guys. It's the owner of NW Football Ministries. And uh, we're going to talk about the culture that is is developing over there. Um, um, he's trying to develop players, not just in terms of like technical skills and become better soccer players, but also uh, developing better human beings. And he's doing that through soccer and through the love of God in Christ. And it's a it's a definitely different approach. Uh, we don't hear um, religion mentioned often um, in youth soccer camps. So that's definitely a fresh, a fresh idea. So without further ado, let's dive in into the podcast today. Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically, why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. What's up, soccer players? Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast. It's me, Berg, and my co-host, Andy. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Uh, you know, been dodging the COVID for two years now. I know. You know, you move back to New Jersey and I'm there three days and boom, it gets me. But uh... <laughs> If you guys wondering why I'm doing the intro today is because Andy, he finally got the COVID, man. He's, he finally got it. <laughs> um, so I'll probably be talking a, a whole lot throughout this episode and it's going to be in the background. Uh, we're going to try to, you know, uh, just just mute the coughing as much as possible. <laughs> this is so bad, by the way, man. Like, it's crazy, right? I know the listeners, the, the listeners are going to, they, they, they're not going to like me for, for making fun of you. But honestly, man, I think it's funny that two years in, like people were dying from covid hospitalized you never got it <laughs> and then when it's like when they don't talk about it as much that's when you got it man now how how crazy is that Dude, and here's the craziest part right is like honestly as a healthcare worker you know it too bird like we probably get exposed at least once a week and um once a week you mean every day like i get it every okay, day there you go <laughs> that maybe that's your experience but <laughs> uh, but um yeah it's kind of crazy how you know looking back it's like man i had all those close calls and nothing ever happened and something random where it's like a little yeah. bit more distant it's like oh that's what got me like yeah, that's crazy. crazy yeah well man listen i hope a speedy recovery uh, use all the the herbal medicine that your mom is making. I know she's making some herbal medicine right now for you. It's probably in the pot. 
been boiled up, just drink as much as you can. Try not to strain yourself. You know, and recover fast, man. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting better. We're getting better. But um, yeah, let's get into today's episode. Yeah, man, we got a special guest for you guys today. Chubo, how you doing, man? To introduce yourself, tell the people why you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Jubal, and uh, like Briggs said, I'm the founder and director of Northwest Football Ministries uh, out in the Seattle, Washington area. Mm. Uh, so working in the Northwest and uh, looking to impact kids through youth soccer. Um, and then also working with uh, Soccer Chaplains United um, and doing some sports chaplaincy uh, specifically through through soccer. So excited to be here. Yeah, man. How did this? What's the what's the origin story here, man? Like, how how does how does one get up in the morning and said, "Hey, um, I'm gonna start a, a youth soccer camp." Uh, <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, interesting question. Um, so starting in 2011, um, I went to my first Sounders match. Uh, they were mm. actually playing a, in a Concacaf Champions League match, and um, kind of rediscovered my own love for the game. And at that point, I started playing again, getting involved in the local scene. And uh, at the time, was going to school to uh, plant a church. I wanted to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and through that process, uh, felt like I needed to change things up a little bit. Um, I, I didn't want to sit inside the walls of a church and wait for people to come to me. Um, I wanted to be hands-on. I wanted to be involved in people's lives. Um, and I wanted to use the opportunity and the relationships that are formed in the game to be able to speak into people's life and be a light uh, when they're going through hard things. And That's so beautiful. soccer became an outlet for that. And we started in 2013, primarily with adults and just working pickup games. Um, mm. And then... Th- Uh, Starting in 2014, uh, we hosted our first youth camp through a church, Um, and then it was just kind of a big snowball from there, and we started getting involved with all kinds of different communities, uh, different people groups, uh, different organizations and partnerships, Um, and, and really with the idea of, while we are a Christian organization, how could we then make soccer accessible to kids that could not afford it or didn't have access to the game. Um, And whether that was putting on free camps and bringing in pros and and other people that are providing high-quality training um, to handing out soccer balls and cleats and shin guards, I mean, the whole thing. uh, That's really our heart and, and what we've continued to do since. What a beautiful story! It's, it's isn't it funny how it turns out, right? I don't think. It, would you say you had you had the vision to do this from the start, or is it something that organically just developed? Oh over time? no! I mean, it was it was totally organic for sure. Um, you know, like I said, when we first started, it was just kind of like let's just meet at a park and like see what happens, like see who shows up, mm-hmm. try to be as consistent as we can, like have a great time, meet people, just play the game and and see what happens and really from there it, it just kind of took off so it was definitely organic so every great pickup group starts just like that <laughs> <laughs> so every great pickup group start 
just like that, but he just showed up. So tell me about uh, a chaplain. Like what I'm, I see it, but I actually don't know what that is. What, what is that? Yeah. Great question. So a chaplain is in essence, a, a minister, right? Or a religiously oh, okay. motivated person uh, that operates outside of the walls of a traditional church. So, hmm. Outside of sports chaplaincy, you might find chaplains right at your local hospital. Uh, you might find them in nursing homes, uh, in the military. Uh, oh. Sometimes uh, professional corporations will have chaplains that are working with their employees. Really? Um, so you find them in all different places. Um, but, but yeah, it's within the realm of sports. It's not a uh, well-known uh, position. So it was even even relatively new to myself uh, when I started getting involved in, in what I'm doing now. So it's it's like a it's a it's a it's a minister, it's a pastor that's involved in like like things outside of the church, basically. Is that is that is that what I'm understanding? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in essence, uh, we we serve uh, not just the players, but we also serve all the staff, all the coaches, right? The, the, the club as a whole, right? That's our, that's our heart and our passion. And, and we serve in such a way that, right, we have a humble position. Uh, we are not there to uh, what some people might say is proselytize or, or to come and, and, and really evangelize and try to win people for Christ. Uh, we uh -huh. are just there to serve. And, and we serve people of all faiths, um, all backgrounds, uh, you know, whatever their role is at the club, we don't, we don't discriminate based on that. And so what you might find a chaplain doing uh, are things like, you know, caring for someone when they're injured, okay. uh, counseling someone through a really tough time. Uh, you might even find at some clubs where there are, there's not a lot of resources or help uh, Maybe a new player is coming in and they need help moving or they mm. need a ride to the airport or they don't have family and they want to spend some time with someone over the holidays, right? Okay. All those different ways are things that chaplains might do. And again, not based on any sort of faith, creed or background, but it's just a way to care for the person, um, although we are religiously motivated. Wow. That is deep. That's that's. Yo, that's 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 amazing. So you guys do all that without getting paid? Correct. Correct. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, that's that's wonderful. Yo, yo, can you imagine Andy like, you know, in 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 the club you were down in Florida, right? Um working with players and you see players come they they travel like miles just to sign up for tryout. They have nowhere else to to stay. Did um FC Orlando have a, 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 a chaplain available? They they actually they actually did. I spoke with him on one occasion, um, kind of just in passing. And um, I will say that chaplains are very easy to talk to. Like you know when you meet some people and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I'll just be open with you type of person because like I just feel that like you can handle it and you can like kind of help me out. Like they're definitely those type of people. Um, but coach, I do have a question for you. So um, how is it like speaking and counseling with players who 
don't share your religion, um, whether that be players that um, are not practicing any religion or practicing a religion that is very strongly different than yours? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so to start, everything that is shared with us is, is confidential, um, meaning that I am in, in essence a third party. So if someone is having uh, challenges or struggles of any kind, right, out of fear, they, they may not feel comfortable talking to a coach or a staff member about you know, a certain struggle or a challenge or, or something that they're facing uh, for fear of losing playing time or position or mm. level of respect, something of that nature. So therefore, the chaplain is a neutral third party that they can go to that's also confidential, um, that they can seek advice from. Um, and that could be on a variety of different issues um, that they can just go in and talk to. And and really, our our position is to listen more than we speak, right? We are there to help them and, and kind of facilitate some of the things that they're thinking about, uh, struggling with or questions that they may have. Um, and again, it's all from a position of respecting the person. Um, so in my, in my counseling or my advice, um, right, I'm, I'm giving uh, information and thoughts in a way that's going to be respectful of them as a person and their specific belief system. Um, for example, if someone came to me and they were, they were uh, practicing, they were a Muslim, and they wanted to get involved in their local community, even though I'm a Christian, I can still be a resource to say, hey, let me do some research for you, and then come back and be able to present them with a list of, hey, here's a couple different organizations, or, you know, here's the local uh, imam, I found his contact information, he would love to talk to you. Right, and I can be a resource for them, even though we don't share the same faith. I can serve him in that way, uh, and help him to feel comfortable, rather than trying to uh, eliminate that relationship because we may disagree on a few things. Uh, so again, it's just all about welcoming them, and and trying to provide the best resource that we can, uh, regardless of you know someone's faith background. That's not Andy. That sounds like a great coach to me. It sounds like a complete coach <laughs> to me. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a coach that is is in. If you if you know soccer and you have this kind of background as a chaplain, that's like a that's like a Jurgen Klopp kind of coach. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. To be fair, I mean Klopp. He is um, he is very uh, open to people of, of other religions. And um, one of the other things that I, I wanted to ask you, coach, is. Um, when you're when you're speaking with with these people, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. I'll come. It'll come back to me. It'll come back. Okay. Uh, yeah, it'll come back. So I, I do have a question. So this is essentially what you do as a chap. That's a lot to do, um, and that's a lot of. I would say that's a. I would say that's a lot of responsibilities. You know, to have people come and confine to you like that. You know, it's just being able to build that rapport um, with players and be able to support players like that. So that's an incredible thing. Um, now, I'm wondering, like, you know, doing this for um, for the 
Tacoma Defiance, being the chaplain for the Tacoma Defiance, and applying whatever you do in there, whatever you're learning into the youth kids, the youth that you um, that you're grooming. Um, how is that process? How is that process like? You know, combining these things and 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 teaching the youth to to become better soccer players and better human being. Like, how is how you introducing or this this chaplain like I would say like characteristic um I would say skill set or even experience into like grooming like youth soccer players. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. Um, really, the the two entities are are quite different and quite distinct. Hmm. Um, whereas working with the youth camps, we can be a little bit more forward uh, with our faith perspective um, mm-hmm. because right, we want the parents to know we're not doing a bait and switch. We're not trying to draw you in with a free camp uh, just so that we can turn around <laughs> and try to tell your kid to go to church, right? That's not oh, what we're true fire. Yeah. So <laughs> I, think, I think you kind of hinted at it a little bit. In working with kids – Right, we believe that the Bible has some uh, moral things that we think are applicable to both uh, life and sport. Right, so things like integrity Absolutely. and responsibility and discipline um, and respect and, and and love and all these sorts of different things. And so, during the youth training, we can take these principles and and help to use Scripture as a basis to say. You know, we think this is valuable and not only challenge kids in their character on the field, but off too. Mm. And for that reason, we've had a lot of parents that have had a lot of buy-in. Even though right they away, do not huh? share the same faith perspective, they appreciate the leadership and character training that kids are getting. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's applicable in, yeah. in, on and off the field. Yeah, totally. And then so when you get into the pro level... Uh, right, you're looking at an environment that is performance driven. Yeah, um, where totally. you have to be on your A game at all times. It's very professional. It's a high intense environment. It's a high stress environment. So, really, if we try to look at the two and how they complement each other, mm-hmm. I think it's what we're doing with Northwest football. In essence, prepares kids to potentially go on to the pro level. Now we don't know if they will or not. But we're giving them those tools to understand, like, how do we how do we filter what's happening on the field through that lens, right? So mm-hmm. when I'm with my teammates and we're talking about, like, unity and stuff like that, right, a professional coach wants his team to have cohesion, wants his players to be unified uh, both on and off the field because, you know, a, a strong locker room is going to be a strong performance on the field. Absolutely. And so at the youth level, if we can give those kids the tools to be able to have those types of relationships and that kind of character, then potentially if they go on to the pro level, then they're going to have the strength of character that's needed um, to be able to have that strong mental game. Hmm. That's interesting. That's um, that's that's I actually understand completely because uh, that's it's the same model. Um, that's kind of like been used in Catholic school back when I was from in Haiti, right? So some some of the parents, 
you know, they may not necessarily be um, Catholic, um, but they still take their kids to Catholic school because they know of the principle that they'll be teaching. They know it's good principle. And they know that if their kids learn those principles early on, then they become better human beings. So you're applying that into soccer. Um, would you say you attract a lot of religious people or it just doesn't matter? Like, Yes, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I say we get a pretty good mix of both. You know, okay. we have a lot of our camps are run in partnership with different churches. Um, and so we do get a lot of uh, Christian kids that way. Um, but then we also have people from a, you know, diversity of backgrounds. Um, one mm-hmm. of our uh, big motivators is working a lot with refugees. Um, and so, of course, we have kids that come from all different parts of the world uh, with different cultural, uh, religious and faith perspectives um, that we just get to serve and love and, and play the game with. Um, so, so, yeah, we definitely get a, a pretty diverse spectrum of kids coming through our programs. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like to switch gear a little bit and and talk about your kind of work with um, involve like doing the day ins and out of the game. Like someone is injured, for example, and uh, you know they're gonna need physical therapy, but they might need some sort of um, counseling, some because uh, 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 injury is both physical and mental. Like, do you assist? Um, do you provide assistance of any kind um, for injured players? Absolutely. I think that's one of probably the most important times for a chaplain to be operating. Oh, wow. Really? Um, you know, as, as you spoke to, they are dealing with the physical injury, but also the mental duress of that injury is far reaching and, and has multiple facets to it. You know, they are, they're dealing with the pain of, of their physical injury, but, hmm. you know, they're without their teammates. Uh, they're not training like they want to be. They're not playing like they want to be. You know, they're afraid of potentially losing their position and status within the team. You know, maybe they're isolated depending on where their family is, where they're from. Uh, so there's a lot of different issues that go along, you know, with, with injuries and depending on their severity. So yes, the chaplain has a has a really unique opportunity to step in and provide some of that counseling, mm. just to be a presence, maybe to be a friend and a listening ear. Um, a chaplain might even help provide meals. Maybe we set up a meal train um, so that mm. someone doesn't have to worry about cooking. They might run errands for someone. They could help drive them to a doctor's appointment. So there's all sorts of different things that we could do uh, to assist someone during an injury. Um, to help them just have and, and feel support uh, during a really tough time uh, in their career. That's man. That's I, Andy. I keep I keep re, I keep coming back to this man. I feel like you need to be getting paid for this because this is a, this is a lot, man. This is a lot of great work that you're doing, and, and I feel like you should be getting paid for this. Andy, you have any question too? By the way, just I like, mean. I was kind of thinking in the back of my head, and I, I think, Coach, you just answered it, of um, specifically in the case of a injured player, how your role may be different to somebody like a sports psychologist. Um, and I think you kind of you kind of answered it already with the amount of, you know, not just speaking to somebody and helping them through like a, a face-to-face communication, 
but making sure like everything behind the scenes is also set up too. Like I, I just go back to the times when like when I was hurt and I had my ankle surgery. It's like, yeah, I went to a doctor and like they helped me and all, but like I had to go get groceries on my own. You know, I was like kind of just uh, and everything like that. It's like, oh, well, if I was a player on a team, if I had a chaplain, like, man, they would like go out of the way to like help me to make sure like everything was all good. That'd be like, that'd be really nice, you know? Uh, so I'm just glad people like there are out there. Good to hear. Um, questions um, for you, Matt and Jubal. Um, you know, in you, you have a position, um, with the team where, you know, players confide in you a lot, right? Do you ever get, do you have a butt head with the coach a little bit? Coach come to you and say, Hey, uh, Hey, Jabal, come, what, what, how, how, how so-and-so feeling, man? What, what do he tell you? <laughs> like, you think he's ready? Like what's going on? Like you ever had any of those back and forth with the coaches in terms of like, uh, keeping, trying to keep confidentiality. No, I, I can't say that I've encountered a situation like that, um, huh. which is which is really nice. I think uh, where I'm currently at, there there's a lot of support from the coaching staff uh, for, for what's happening. Um, in fact, it was through uh, a relationship with the coach um, that we were able to uh, make an introduction to the team um, and having, having had prior experience with a chaplain himself as a pro mm. um, he, he saw the value that a chaplain could have for players um, and therefore felt like it was something that would be a good resource for his players to have in addition to what in the, the values and principles and character that they are trying to infuse into these young men um and so yeah haven't haven't had any situations like that hmm, that's that's a that's a blessing man uh, uh and <laughs> oh no never mind never mind i was gonna make a joke but uh <laughs> let, let me not make that we can make that joke uh <laughs> when we're done recording <laughs> uh in terms of like the 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 physical training um for the players like are you involved in that process at all like did uh, not currently. Okay. Uh, that's that's something I'm trying to uh, trying to get involved in. Okay. Um, and, and really, my role at a, at a training events would be simply just to observe and to be a presence. Now, okay. if I were to ask uh, or to be asked to help set up or move equipment or things like that, then sure. Uh, but but my role isn't necessarily to step in and and, and be a coach of any kind or provide, you know tactic suggestions or things like that that's not really uh my role okay um but simply to be available at training um before and after would be something that i could do um and and that's something that we're still kind of building into um because i i joined the team uh during covid um and so uh we're still kind of as you know we're coming out of that and, and things are getting back to normal a little bit. And so we're kind of just slowly building into that process. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't get involved in terms of actually giving advice or instruction to the players um, okay. in terms of a, of, a physical uh, suggestion. I'm just available in, in a presence during training for both uh, staff and players. Okay. Now, when you say um, 
you're you're observing what exactly are you looking for like what are the things that you see like oh maybe i'll talk to so and so about that later if they come up to me yeah that's a good question um you know for me when i watch like even when i watch games and stuff now i'm i'm looking at you know what's the mentality of the player what's the what's the heart what uh what can i learn about them through their play um you know, because their play is going to say a lot about their personality and how they're feeling and, and, you know, those sorts of things. And so I'm looking for those like visual cues uh, beyond just their physical ability. Um, I'm looking for the relationships between players, right? A lot of that's going to come out in terms of like, who are they talking to during breaks? Um, how are they in speaking to each other? You know, some of the things that are said. Um, just kind of those those like relationship things that that are visible during training is really a lot what I'm looking for. Um, you know, if a player expresses a moment of of grief, or they seem down, or maybe they seem a little bit overly aggressive, you know, that might be something that I could then approach them about and just kind of check in. Um, but yeah, really, I'm looking for those kind of relational type things and just learning about them through their play. Uh, beyond just their outward physical ability. That's nice. You can learn a lot about a person through the way they play and how vocal they are in the field and and whatnot. You can learn a lot. You can. Oh, absolutely. Even more interesting is how, you know, as we're getting people of different backgrounds on the show, um, people of different backgrounds really view the game through their own lens. Like me and Berg, we like when we're watching, we're obviously enjoying the game, but like we have an eye for fitness and, and injury. And um, if, a, if a coach is watching them, they have like an, an eye on tactics and formations and so and so. And you're looking at like the relationships of players. I think that's that's like really cool how, you know, different parts of the game, we all have the same goal, which is to help the players, but we view the game so differently. And that's life too, in general too. It's, not, <laughs> it's just that is life in general too. But I, that's a good point that you brought up. Like it, it's, I think it's fascinating how he he's looking at the game, but he's looking at like his body language of the players and and, and whatnot. Like that's and there's some other stuff that when I'm watching, I don't really pay attention to as much. Yeah, totally. Okay. And do you got any other questions? I don't I don't have any other questions in terms of like I learned a lot about Chaplin today. It's something I didn't know Chap what Chaplin was and now I have like a I have like a a, a, a mastery level <laughs> of what Chaplin does. I think you know, maybe we can close it with this. Um let's say uh somebody has a club out there, maybe they're a coach or they're they're a club administrator. And they're interested in bringing somebody like you on board to help players. Mm. How does a club or how does a player go about like finding a chaplain? Yeah, that's a great question. So for us, um, and I, I specifically serve with an organization called Soccer Chaplains United. Mm. Our founder and executive director, his name is Brad Kenny. Um, and he currently serves as the chaplain for the Colorado Rapids uh, in the MLS. 
And our organization uh, provides chaplains at all different levels of soccer, uh, from the youth level through the professional level um, in the U.S. And so we have a variety of, of chaplains on our staff and are always looking for opportunities to serve uh, clubs in a variety of different capacities. Um, and so someone could either reach out to myself or reach out to the organization uh, via the website and, um, and ask and just, and just inquire about what it would look like to have uh, a chaplain working with their club. And then uh, from there, we can begin to have conversations about how we might be able to serve and, and, and go on from there. Um, but yeah, we'd be, we'd be happy to do that. I think there's great benefits to it. And um, yeah, definitely check us out, soccerchaplainsunited.org, and uh, reach out. And we'd love to connect with anyone that was interested. Perfect. All right, man. In closing, man, where can the people find you um, if... if if they wanna, if if they're in your area and they wanna do work with you specifically, how do they find you on social? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just Jubal McDaniel. You know, there's not really a whole lot of Jubals out there, so you know you can't really get lost. <laughs> uh, you can also find Northwest Football on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, nwfootballministries.org. Um, or again at soccerchaplainsunited.org, also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so we're across all platforms. But yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. Would love to connect with anyone uh, locally or abroad. All right. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.